Welcome on in, Eagles fans, to episode 53 of our Philadelphia Eagles podcast right here on NJ.com, the No Huddle Show. I'm Joe Giglio, joined as always by Elliot Shore Parks, Mark Eckel. They cover the Eagles for NJ Advanced Media. They were at MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford on Sunday to watch the Eagles lose another game, this time 28-23. The Eagles dropped now to 4-4 four and four on the season after starting 0-3, 1-4 in their last five games, 0-3 in the NFC East, and this one... Another one they left on the field, which has been a theme for them this entire season. Elliot, we'll start with you. I mean, the the Eagles have had some really heartbreaking losses, but you look at some of the numbers and the way they lost that game and the decisions. I mean, I I think this one leaves a really bitter taste in Eagles fans' mouths because they believe the Giants really are on a better team. The Eagles just coughed it up yesterday. Yeah, that's what makes the losses, if you're an Eagles fan, so frustrating is coming into the season – no one really expected this team to compete for much. They were excited to watch Carson Wentz and you know see what Doug Peterson would bring as a head coach, but nobody expected them to actually compete for a playoff spot. And then after you start three and zero, and we said on the podcast, or at least I know I definitely did. Um, I think this team should be competing for a playoff spot. They're good. They looked like they were good enough in a lot of places, and I think there is still some truth to that. But what you're seeing over these past two weeks is really the questions that everyone had coming into the season. I think Doug Peterson, and I'm sure we'll talk about this at length, has really cost his team the past two weeks. Um, the defense has, has not been good. And Carson Wentz, who I don't think there's any reason to be overly concerned about, but has not played extremely well. He's turning the ball over, and he's missing throws. I mean, he missed one yesterday to, to Bryce Treggs down the sideline that I thought could have been a touchdown. Um, the pass to Jordan Matthews and the end zone that was tipped um, I didn't think that was as bad of a miss as other people did, but I mean, that was a pass that should be completed. So the questions about the team that we had coming into the season, you know, now that we're halfway through are really starting to, uh, to show themselves. And that's got to be why, why people are frustrated because there was a, there was a hope there that maybe this team could compete. And I still think they can, but it's starting to become a little more what fans expected prior to the season. It is, and they're struggling right now. And the two losses in a row put them at 4-4 four and four and, and really make the margin for error gone now after a 3-0 and start. Mark, when you look at yesterday and really the recent games here, what's the biggest issue to you? Is, is it Doug Peterson and his in-game calling? Is it the preparation, the play call? I mean, what's going on here? What do you think the biggest issue with the Eagles is? That's a good question, Joe. There's a lot of things. <clears throat> it, starts, it starts at the top. It always does, and that's Doug Peterson, the head coach. And this, you know... <laughs> When I thought this team was going to be bad, and I thought they were going to be bad, and everybody, you know, when I looked, when they were 3-0, and everybody said, oh, well, well, they are what I thought they were. The problem is, not, not the problem, the good side is other teams are worse than I thought, so they, their Eagles being, the Eagles are still not a good team. The problem is there's a lot of teams that aren't good, so they they're, they can compete because the whole league stinks, really. New, New England's good, Dallas is okay, and everybody else is kind of, and Cleveland's real bad, and everybody else is kind of in the middle. And the Eagles are one of those teams in the middle. So if the ball bounces their way, if they don't screw things up by not kicking field goals or, you know, do, they can win some games. But they've been doing that, and that's where Doug Peterson comes to blame. Um, very winnable game yesterday that he let get away. Um, but Carson Wentz, now, let's, let's not, let's not, take all the blame off Carson Wentz. I know he's a rookie and he's starting to play like a rookie. The first couple games, he did not play like a rookie. He, you know, where I'm, I'm not hearing those quotes anymore that he looks like a 10 year veteran. He's seasoned. He's this. No, we're not hearing that. He's a rookie and he's playing like a rookie, which is fine because that's what he is. 
at least he's playing. I mean, the, the guy that picked that's picked ahead of him still isn't playing. So, um, and and again, remember he wasn't. If Teddy Bridgewater doesn't tear up his knee, Carson Wentz might not be playing. So <laughs> any any game that Wentz plays is a good thing because it's a game experience for him. But he's making the rookie mistakes that he did not make against Cleveland, Chicago, uh, Pittsburgh. Um, you know, all those games that they won early. He's not, he's making, you know, those two interceptions were bad, bad throws, bad decisions. They were rookie mistakes. Um, so, I mean, that we're seeing what I thought we were going to see right from the go. The schedule makers kind of gave him a little, a, a little early season break by giving him the, the, the Browns and Bears back to back. Um, that kind of hit a lot of the the, the bad the, the bad parts of, of this team, but going for I mean, as I wrote Monday morning and Joe, I think you you did a, a, a similar post. It's not over. I mean, people think it's over, but, but no. I mean, it's this league is so mediocre. To, at four and four isn't that bad. But what, but what I would say though is like, I agree with you that obviously part of the reasons they looked so good beginning of the season is they played teams that weren't as good, but. It's not like they're being outclassed here. Like, I don't think it's a situation where, you know, there's been games over the past few seasons where the Eagles have played and you left that game saying, well, they're just not as good. And it was clear. I mean, this team has caught their fair share of beatdowns over the past few seasons. But, I mean, the Dallas game, I know all games are close, but the Dallas game they played right with the Cowboys. I mean, they didn't win, but I don't think you left that game saying the Cowboys are considerably better. And then you... Yesterday against the Giants, they were right in it as well. So that's the, the weird. Elliot, they don't. They don't. No, no moral victories. I know. I know. There's no moral victories, but I guess what I'm saying is, like, sure, is they this... fix it. they're not that. They're, they're not as, as Jason Peters, I think, said after the game Sunday. They're not far off. That's that's what I'm saying. They're not far off, but you're not. But you are what you are right now. I mean, you, yeah, a, a, a good draft, a good signing. Yeah, they could fix, but you can't do it now. Right, right. But I guess what I'm saying is, if you look at the whole. If you look at what the the purpose of the season is, I mean, if they if they make the playoffs, that would be a extreme bonus. If they somehow win a game, that would be also great for the development of this team. But if you look at where they're at, eight games into a rebuild, and that is what this is. It's a rebuild. They have a new general manager, a new head coach, a new quarterback. This team is rebuilding. The fact that they're four and four, I think, in a rebuild is 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 encouraging. I mean, I think I think fans not the four and four. If they had, if they had gone one and zero, one and one, two and two, everybody, right. no, everybody would that. be happy. When you start three and zero, you're not supposed to be four and four. I get that, but I'm saying, but, if, and I'm saying that's why the, that's why the schedule was kind of. You know. I would be curious if at the beginning of the season, before they played the Browns, if I said to fans, "All right, halfway through the season, you'll be four and four. How would you feel I about that? Signed up right then and there, right? They would have felt good about that. I would have. So I, I understand that the the way they've gotten to four and four. If you just look at the win loss record would be frustrating. But it, when you actually watch the games, they're not it's not like they're on this, you know, three game losing sheet where they're getting blown out every week. I mean, they've had these games. Yesterday, um, you know, they're 17 yards away from the win. If Doug Peterson just kicks those field goals, and who knows how the game plays out if he does it, but you know, that's six points right there and a five point loss. Plus they have a field goal block, which almost never happens. And then, you know, against the Cowboys, we've we've been over this. They had that game. So even though they're losing these games I think that's worse though, Elliot. You think it's more so? I'd rather, me personally, and I when I was in, when I was at a high school athletic director and I coached basketball, I'd rather get blown out. See, but I don't think so. I I agree. Maybe I, like emotionally I, it's easier when I get blown. If if I'm Doug Peterson, I didn't get a, I didn't get an hour of sleep last night. 
but but you'd rather you'd rather be close just because you would rather like I know what you're saying you'd rather you'd rather be close because then you know you're but nah blowouts happen. Hey, the Steelers got blown out by the Eagles. They got over it. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, let me ask you. Do you think? All right. So one of the I've been thinking about this the past few days. One of the things I always criticized Sam Bradford for was that he wasn't he didn't win games. He didn't you know he didn't make the plays to win games. All those things. I don't think that's a fair criticism for anybody on the Eagles yet because they're only eight games into their career. Both Wentz, Brad, I mean, Wentz, Peterson, all those things. But so do you think that when you watch this team, like would you rather be blown out because this team is now consistently showing that they can't win close games? Like is is that the concerning part? Well, no, I'm just saying from if I was Doug Peters, I, I couldn't I wouldn't be able to sleep last night because it'd be, it'd be in my head I should have kicked them game field goals why didn't I right. do that what was I thinking oh my god I should have won the game but if I lose thirty one to ten I go to sleep saying my it just wasn't our day we'll, but I'm we'll, saying we'll next season or maybe even later on this season who knows but next season these losses that they're having in these close situations I think they'll be better for it do you agree I it could know. be I mean the, the, the hard part I think for fans right now is there's these dueling tracks that are mine we watch these games and it's like all right. Like you said before, Elliot, if they're four and four in a rebuild with a rookie quarterback that wasn't even supposed to play this year. I think we all say, wow, that's that's not bad. Right. The other side of that is they could be better. They've left games on the field. They aren't getting blown out. They're close. And like Mark said, I think it's 12 of the 16 NFC teams are between three and five wins. Like everyone is bunched up. So they're in this thing. And I think it's frustrating because, yeah, everyone realizes the future is bright, but when you watch these games week to week, like they aren't that far off. Like Jason Peterson, they have a shot here. Even though every games they've blown, they still have a shot to make something of the season. It's just, it's like, you just feel like they're going to blow games left and right, right the rest of the way. That's that, that you hit on the head, Joe. Do you feel confident if next week they're playing the Falcons? It should be a pretty good game, right? Yeah. And I think this is the must win game. Like they have to win this one. Well, if they don't, then they really, then they have. I think they got to win two of the next three. I don't care which two, but that okay. it right. would help to win this one. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, so if if they're playing the Falcons and it's 31-27 Falcons, two minutes to go, and the Eagles have the ball at the thirty-five yard line, are you confident they're going? to – I mean, going it their own thirty-five. No, have to go absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I guess what, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is. There, there's no – if this season – if the second half of the season plays out exactly the way the first half did, right? They go 4-4. Four and four, They lose every game by less than seven points that they lose. Um, they're great at home. You know, they have a game where they look great and they blow these. That's perfectly fine. Like, I mean, this is the first year. It, going now, if at the end of year two, they're still losing these games in close situations and Doug's, Doug's making the same mistakes and Wentz, you know, is 0 for whatever he is now, 0 for 4, and then whatever it would be at the end of two seasons – in losing these games, then yeah, then I think there's reason to be concerned. But if you tell me next week, I agree with you next week against the Falcons, if they have the ball 20 yards out down five, I'm not confident they're going to score and win. Yesterday we were in the, um, yeah, press- gonna, I thought they were going to win that game. yesterday. You- yeah. And I said, no, I don't think they're going to win. They're, they're not going to get it in the end zone. Right. If they don't do it against the Falcons next week, then all right, they're going to lose. But I don't think that's reason to, there, there's no reason to, to start feeling really bad about this team long term because they're showing enough positive by by being in these games and you know Wentz makes some of the throws and Wentz, he, show, Wentz has to show me he can win a game. But why it's only been eight games. That's my well, point. Prescott's only been eight games and he showed me he, he he can win a game. 
I don't, all right, yeah, if that's fine. So Prescott sure. has been really. I mean, but 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 Pre, but Prescott playing well doesn't really have much to do with Wentz. Well, they're both rookies, is what I'm saying. So right, right. you can't use the rookie I, excuse. I agree. Wentz Wentz has Wentz has come up small in the current time situations. I agree with you on that. And and, and that's okay because he's a rookie. But I'm right. just saying. Right. So I want to see him win a game. That would be a big step for him. He's done everything else. Right. The other the other part of this obviously is Doug Peterson, right? The head coach and. Do we have confidence in him? And, and oh, not just uh, – no. all right, right now it's hard to. All right, let's talk about Doug. Some of these decisions from from Sunday. We're doing this podcast on a Monday. And really lately, I know, Elliot, you wrote about this, kind of the decline of Doug and the issues he's had, not just this week, but in, re, but in recent weeks since that 3-0 start. All right, before we get into this, the thing that's jumping out to me is the conversation for a lot of fans is the, is end, the end of games, right? The last drives, some of the play calling, fourth downs. But it's even more than that to me because they just keep getting down in first quarter. Like, my theory is they keep getting down in the first quarter on the road, and Doug is doing wacky things to try to catch up, and it's catching up to him. And I, don't, I just don't think he could do that because he just, it's not going to work, and we're seeing it more and more here. I mean, why are they coming out flat or whatever word you guys want to use? I mean, they've been down in every single one of these road games. They've been down. Dallas, they jumped down. Well, here, here's, here's, here's what I'll say. The problem with figuring it out is it's been different each game. So, you know, against the Lions and the Redskins, they came out and fell behind because of the defense. Yesterday, they fell behind. The defense didn't play well, but they fell behind yesterday because Carson Wentz turned it over twice inside the Eagles' own 50-yard line. So it's been different things, different times. But in terms of, uh, you know, you're talking about Doug's coaching pattern because they're falling behind. The issues with going forward on fourth down yesterday – I don't have an issue doing it the first time. I don't think it was the right decision because, you know, you take the points. But I, if he goes for that one and misses it and then kicks him the rest of the game, then, you know, he went for it. They were perfect on fourth down conversions before yesterday. So, I, you know, it is what it is. You make some decisions, they don't work out. But when you go for it the second time, when you've already given up three points or you already left three points, on, on, you know, on the field where, you know, and then you go for it again. And the play calls were bad both times. Yeah, now all of a sudden it's six points. Else. Right. Not just, just Mark, through. before you go on, just to clarify, you were—I mean, you were right. Ultimately, the the Eagles had a lead and blew the game for the Cowboys. What I meant was they were down ten three in the second quarter. So right. twenty one ten ten right right twenty one seven Detroit twenty four fourteen to Washington ten three to Dallas fourteen nothing yesterday. I mean, this is a pattern here. Go ahead, Mark. No, I was going to say about Doug's backing back to the fourth the fourth downs. I, this is his inexperience. I mean, and he, and this is what happens when you hire a guy. That he might, you know, he has the open heart, he has the emotional intelligence, but he has no head coaching experience outside of Calvary Baptist Academy. Probably at Cal, and I've never seen Calvary Baptist Academy play, but I'm guessing you might go for it on fourth down a lot on the high school level. I haven't seen a high school game in a long time, but when I did go to high school games way back in the day, yeah, most of them didn't have kickers that were that could some yards, so they went for it on fourth down. And I'm not saying he thinks he's in high school, but that mentality is. And then you start chasing. All right, I did just the opposite of what Elliot said, which I agree with you, Elliot, 100%. All right, you tried it the first time. It didn't work. Now you learn your lesson. Kick the field goal. No, because you're chasing still. You, you're trying to make up for what you messed up before, and you mess up again. And now you're double. Now you're, now you're in a double hole. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just think his mentality is and, – and he doesn't think – here's the scariest part. He doesn't think he's wrong. Like – after the game, he didn't say, yeah, you know what, guys, I, looking back, I probably should have – no. He still thinks he did the right thing. And what, what's concerning to me is it feels like 
you know, because he had all that success early, the Eagles were five for five on fourth down conversions heading into the Giants game. And he wrong then, a lot of them. Right, and it feels like Doug Peterson almost believes that that is a predictive stat. Like, because you go five for five, you're going to keep hitting and hitting, which well, it's not. I mean, he had like a good run. Up, you, you flip a coin, a heads comes up five straight times. Oh, I'm, heads going to come up again. Well, no. <laughs> exactly. It, it doesn't mean that's going to keep right. happening every single time. And, look, there's a line between aggressiveness and conservative. And, and I, I think, you know, last week against the Cowboys, obviously he went the other way because he didn't kick the field goal. And it just feels like every instinct that – that Doug Peterson has right now, Elliot, is not going right. It's the opposite of what he should do. And for a team that had, you know, they have very little margin for error. It, his, I almost feel like his mistakes get magnified here because these games are so close. Like if, if the Eagles were a little bit more talented, he'd probably get away with this stuff. He can't well, with this team. That's what I was going to say. I don't think these coaching decisions by Doug have been good ones. I, I don't disagree with you on that. The Eagles personnel does have major holes in terms. I mean, the fact that, right, so yesterday, this is a great example. Yesterday, fourth and one, late in the game, Doug or, or I forget when it was. I think it was maybe the second or third quarter. But Doug Doug goes for it on fourth down, fourth and one, and he gives the ball to Darren Sproles. And you know, I don't think he should. I don't think he should have gone for it, right? But the fact that he feels Darren Sproles is his best option at that point really speaks to the flaws in the Eagles team. Darren Sproles is a nice player. He's probably the biggest playmaker on the Eagles, but. He's a 33-year-old running back that weighs, you know, probably less than all three of us, right? Like, he he is not <laughs> he is not someone you want touching the ball 18, 19 times or running it on a physical play like fourth and one. So, Doug doesn't have that. He, he also it's, ran it to the right side. What? He also ran it right. He yeah. ran it Vitae and um, Brooks instead of Peters. Right. And Jason Kelsey has had some problems. But, I mean, yeah. So the part of the issue is is personnel. But Doug is – Doug, over the past few weeks – and this is what impressed me about Doug so early on was he was doing a great job with his play calling and knowing his personnel, when to give the ball to certain peop- people. And now that that really has, has stopped. That, that, that Over the past two weeks, he's done a poor job, I think, with his play calling, but then also – who he's giving the ball to in big situations, and who he's targeting. Well, here's what happens, too, guys. We're eight games into the season now, right? So other teams, the Giants, you know, the Falcons coming up, they have a lot of they have a lot of info on the Eagles. And nobody knew Doug Peterson. Nobody knew Carson Wentz. So Cleveland came in blind. They didn't know what Wentz was going to do. They, they had nothing on Wentz but a half of a preseason game against Tampa with guys that were playing with him and against him and weren't even in the, in, in the league anymore. Um, and they didn't know what, they didn't know Peterson. You can't judge a coach off a preseason game. So they had nothing. The bears only had a little bit, you know, the Steelers had a little bit more, but now you have a, now you have stuff. Now you have the giants guys after I, I saw the quote sheets from, from giants players that said, yeah, we, we thought they would do this. We, we anticipated that we, we knew this. So, I mean, you know, he either has to change, you know, or, you come up with something, you know what I'm saying? He, people know what he's going to do now. They're not surprised anymore. When they, when they, you know, Sproles was a little bit of a surprise early to some people. Um, now, I mean, Sproles, like you said, Elliot, I and I agree 100%. Sproles is their best back, but he's not their best back on fourth and one. Ryan Matthews, I don't think is a, I don't think much of Ryan Matthews, but that's what he should be now. If he's on the team, that's his, he would be my short yardage and goal line back because he's pretty good. He got another touchdown yesterday. He has five touchdowns. That's not bad. 
in eight games. That's he's on pace for a ten touchdown season. That's a pretty good year. Yeah, he's a tough runner. He is. He's really that's what he does. That's, that's what he does. That is what he does. Fourth and one, not Darren Sproles. I love Darren Sproles, and I want Sproles to have the ball. I want him open in space. I want him making plays. He damn near won the game with a punt return for him yesterday. If, he does, if his heel, if his heel doesn't go out of bounds on, a, you know, at the fifteen, um, but no, fourth and one. That's what Ryan Matthews. If if, if you're not going to give Ryan Matthews the ball, fourth and one, then why is he even on the team? Why is he dressing for games? Yeah, no, it's it's hard to justify exactly what he's doing with all these different moves, and it, he was hitting so many on the head early. I think we had this sense that he had a knack for this, and lately it's gone the other way. So we talked about how the game started, which was bad. Doug Peterson's decisions in the game didn't work out, and then but they had a chance again. This is a theme. They had a chance a lot because of some tremendous plays by the defense. And a bonehead play by Eli Manning. Let's not let let Eli off the hook here. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, the signature Eli turnover that just makes you shake uh, your head happened in that game. It gave the Eagles life we didn't think they would have. They had a chance to win it. We'll get to the defense because they didn't have a good day outside at the end. But, all right, they have a chance to win. Obviously, the last pass sails away from where Matthews had a chance to get it. He didn't adjust to make the play. But just this idea, guys. I mean, the Eagles... They keep having issues. Peterson keeps having issues. But it's like, I don't know, the luck or karma, whatever it is, they have a chance at the end to, to win all these games that they probably should lose anyway based on everything. But this is now five drives they've had to take the leads in these four losses. They've got 27 total yards on those five drives. Elliot, when you look at what's happening at the end here, is it personnel? Are they just not good enough? Is it Doug? Is it Carson not ready? I mean, why haven't they, they knocked one of these in and just stole a game? Well, I think it's a little bit of everybody, but I do think the majority of the blame for their late game failures does fall on Carson Wentz. I mean, I don't think he's played well in those situations. I think I don't I hesitate to say he's looked tentative, but a lot of these situations he's holding on to the ball too long. Um against the Cowboys that happened, against the Redskins that happened. So I don't know if he's gun shy after throwing that interception against the Lions. Um, and I'm not saying this is, you know, reason for people to say Wentz is a bust or any of these things. I'm just saying the reality is in these in these late game situations, he I think he has been the main problem. I well, I'm, I'm going to say Peterson's the main problem. I don't like his play calling in those situations. Um, Wentz is the guy that has to act. Yeah, Wentz deserves some of it, and he, you know, because he's the guy, you know, pulling the pulling the uh, trigger on the play. But I like. Did you like that sequence at the end? Like four. You know, he throws the Aguilar in the end zone, first down. Uh, what was it? A little screen, this in, incomplete pass, to, like a screen to Sproles. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Then the one pass got batted down. I don't know what that was supposed to be, but it got batted down by, by Pierre Paul. Uh, and then the pass to Matthews. Like, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I wasn't crazy about the, about the place. I mean, like, not, none of them. I, I don't disagree that all of them deserve blame and agree. The, the Peterson has not done a good job, but. One of the things we heard about Wentz and one of the things Wentz has shown at times this season is he's good when plays break down. He's able to man it, you know, maneuver the pocket. Um, he didn't look like a great athlete yesterday, but I do think he is good at you know, making plays with his leg. And in crunch time, he hasn't done anything special. I mean, if it was just one game where he had one nice pass, you would still say when I want to see him do that. Right, right. That's what I'm saying where I agree the play calling probably hasn't been great, but the – I still think ultimately Wentz is the quarterback. This is what you moved up to number two to get him for. This is why he went number two. Um, you know, you mentioned Dak. If Dak was coming up in these situations very small, 
you know, you would say, all right, well, he's, you know, a late round pick. Okay, whatever. You know, he'll, he'll learn. And I think Wentz deserves some of that as well. But part of the burden of being the number two pick is, is you don't got to convert every fourth quarter opportunity, but he hasn't converted any of them. And I think, you know, now it's starting to pile up a little bit where you can say, why are these teams not, why, why are the Eagles not winning these close games? And I think criticizing Wentz is a, is a very fair reason when you look at why they're not doing it. So can, can, can we save this tape? I want to, this is Elliot criticizing Carson Wentz. We were, say, <laughs> it's the beginning of the end. Uh, you knew what would happen eventually. I, I, I can see it coming now. Quarterbacks I would rather have than Carson Wentz. <laughs> I, can see that. I can see it coming. Oh, no. I, I'll, I'll throw one more in. I'll, I'll throw a third one in for the late game. I, I think it's also the personnel around, you know, Doug has to work with and Carson has to try to use. I mean, I think to the last play of the game, or, you know, technically for the Eagles, I guess it was the last play of the game, yeah, the, the fade to the corner of the end zone to Jordan Matthews. It wasn't, a per, it wasn't close to a perfect throw, but look, I mean, Matthews is a good receiver. We've been saying this for solid, weeks. Very solid. He's, yeah, he's a solid guy. He's their best one, clearly. You know, a great wide receiver probably turns and, and tracks the ball over his shoulder and at least, you know, gets the ball to hit his hands and, and has a good chance to make that catch. That wasn't so bad of a throw that a great wide receiver or a number one, whatever we want to use as the term, might make that play. Like, if they had they had better weapons for him, I, I maybe think the end of these games would work out better. Just like the play in Detroit, you know, if Nelson Algar goes up and knocks that ball away, maybe he goes down and wins the game. I, I just feel like that's where they're getting exposed, where they don't have a guy he could just throw the ball to and, and, and feel good about it. But again, the coach knows what he has, so you have to create something else. You know what I'm saying? Like, Doug Peterson should know what Nelson Aguilar is. He should know what Jordan Matthews is. He should know what what he has. And I, not for nothing, but Zach Ertz had a pretty good game yesterday. I he thought did, now, yeah. everybody wants to criticize him for not getting you. But tell you know, he made a lot of tough catches. Why wasn't he used at all on those final on, on on that final drive? I agree, but I mean, part of the problem with the personnel is this is why he ends up using Darren Sproles eighteen times a game is because he's his best playmaker. Right, so that's the problem. That's there's the problem right there in a nutshell. And I will, I, I do think I would have gone to Earth so at least once, if not twice, on those final on those last five passes. Maybe, maybe this is the, another. Just, I mean, we can we'll we'll talk to Doug today and we'll find out. But maybe those play designs were for Ertz and they took him away, or maybe you know Carson Wentz didn't see him. Who knows? But so that's that's a tough part. Why you kind of have to say it's a bit of everybody's fault. But on the on the Jordan Matthews play in the end zone, the Eagles' final offensive play. I mean, Jordan Matthews got open. He had a step or at least one step on his guy. I think Wentz just overthrew the ball. And I I agree with Joe. I mean, maybe if that's Julio Jones, he makes a spectacular catch. Yeah, but we, that's still a, <laughs> right. Well, but that's still a throw I think Wentz should make. I mean, I think he it's not an egregious miss. It's not a terrible miss, but um I didn't think that was a good throw by Wentz. No, it wasn't. Wasn't good enough, right? Because if it was good enough, we'd probably have to have a different conversation or we'd be getting on Matthews for dropping it. Uh, and the game uh, would have... My God, would they be killing Eli now? Oh, of course. I mean, that, that was a game, to me, yesterday, just based on the way that this playoff race is setting up. Like, the Giants couldn't lose that game. Like, they're at home. Uh, they have the soft part of the schedule coming up. I mean, it was bad for the Eagles. But if the Giants blew that game after being up, uh, yeah, they'd be in a disaster spot right now. So, how the Eagles... Go ahead, Mark. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to talk Giants. because You'll, do, you'll be doing your Giants thing with, with uh, James and Dan, but... How does I mean really? The guy's been in the league a hundred years. You're up five. You you know it's third. You the only thing you can't do there is get intercepted. You can't get intercepted there. You just can't. 
right? Yeah, I mean, the amazing part about Eli over all the years, he's the same quarterback he was, you know, eight years ago in that when he's on fire, like, he'll put up points as, as good as anybody else in the league, but then he'll have those throws that just make you say, what did he just do? I mean, first of all, I wouldn't even have thrown the ball there. I, I wouldn't have either. I was surprised. I would have run, punted out of bounds. I'm not punting two scrolls because I've seen too many. If I'm a Giant fan, I'm, I've seen the Eagles bring back punts too many times against me. So I punted out of bounds and, and, and let, let, let Wentz try to – as Elliot says, Wentz isn't going to go – Elliot didn't think Wentz was going to go 35 yards. So he certainly isn't going to go 65 yards, right? So punt him deep and, and sit back and say, all right, you know, go, to, go, you know, go 65 yards a beat. To throw that interception, and Jordan Hicks made a nice play on it, but my goodness, you can't throw that ball. A guy in the league 12 years, won two Super Bowls, I, I, I'm, I'm at a loss for words at how he made that throw. Yeah, it was bad. It really was. And I mean, that's, and let's talk about the defense because they made a couple plays late to, to give the Eagles a chance, but early, they were bad. I mean, it's funny because Doug Peterson, Wentz now, the offense, that's what we're going to talk about. That's what the conversation is going to be all week. But I keep coming back to this early in these games, especially these road games. Like, this team is supposed to be built on its defense. And at times they look great, but at times, like, yesterday they gave up three touchdowns of 25 yards or more. I mean, you just can't do that and win a game. Elliot, what do you make of the defense? I know they made some plays late. That play Nolan Carroll made to steal the ball from Beckham was unbelievable. But overall, like, they just didn't play well enough. Yeah, especially yesterday. I mean, the, 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 the issue, everyone likes to focus on the receivers. This team's two biggest issues, or at least tied with receiver, is, is running back, but also cornerback. And that's what you saw yesterday. Leotis McKelvin is not, if he's your best corner, and I think Nolan, Nolan Carroll is the team's best corner, but the Eagles signed Leotis McKelvin to be their best corner. He, they play him like he's their best corner. He's not a good cornerback. You saw that yesterday. I mean, can Leotis McKelvin play for a defense if he's the fourth guy and comes in every once in a while? Yeah. But he is not capable of staying with Odell Beckham. I mean, I've never seen a cornerback get shaken so quickly like Leotis did on that slant pattern from, from Odell on the first touchdown of the game. I mean, he, he was really bad yesterday. And after the game, um, he talked about how you know his hamstring's still bothering him and maybe – Maybe he needs to go to fly to see a doctor somewhere or something like that. So, look, I mean, part of this might be health issues, but at the end of the day, you're out there. And I think as any former NFL player will say, you got to do your job if you're out there or don't be out there. And yesterday, he was really bad. And I think Schwartz, you know, has been decent. I think he's done a pretty good job. I do think he deserves more criticism than he gets. But he has really bad cornerbacks on this roster, and it makes it really hard. Like, you can coach – around a bad if you don't have a number one receiver um running backs i think you do obviously need a good one but i think almost anyone would agree in the nfl it's the most easily replaced position it's hard to it's it's really hard to hide a bad quarterback and that's what the eagles found out yesterday mark thoughts on the defense that just gave a big play after big play late in the game they made a couple plays but really they they struggled i'm the guy that's been telling you guys all year i didn't like this defense I, I never thought it was that good. I never thought Leotis McKelvin was a, a number three cornerback in Buffalo. Why would he, why would you think he could be a number one here? He's not a number one and he never was a number one at his best. He wasn't it. He was drafted to be a number one, but he never really panned out. Now he's 30 something years old and he's starting to get hurt. No, he's not good enough. Um, and the safeties, the great safeties, Malcolm Jenkins, McLeod, who's had a pretty good first half. They didn't play well yesterday. McLeod missed it on that slam pattern. Yes. McKelvin got beat, but, McLeod had him, and Beckham broke a tackle for, for, for the touchdown. 
they, they collided again. The second week in a row that two guys collided as a guy gets wide open in, in the end zone for a touchdown. What are they doing? This is, this is, are we back at Calvary Baptist again? <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, NFL players aren't supposed to collide with each other on defense while while the, the, the receivers, Sterling Shepard's wide open in the end zone while two Eagles are banging into it. Jason Witten's wide open in the end zone while two Eagles are banging into each other. What's going on out there? I'll tell you what. I mean, the, second, the, the secondary has issues. The corners have issues. McKelvin's a mess. Um, well, where's this great? Where's this great pass rush? That well, I think that's it, Mark. I mean, the, the billion dollar pass rush. We keep having all these conversations every week when they win. This happens. When they, like this, it's almost as if we're looking for a more complicated answer to what is why the Eagles are inconsistent than maybe the real answer is. When they get to the quarterback, when that defensive line plays great, they win. When they don't. They lose. Like, th- this almost, Elliot, it feels simple. And, look, I know Fletcher Cox didn't play bad yesterday. I don't think he played bad oh, against the Cowboys. But he's not playing He's not playing like a guy that, when oh. he was signed, got mm-hmm. more guaranteed money than any non-quarterback ever. I mean, he hasn't had a sack in the Eagles' last four games. And you know, Brandon Graham can't do it by himself. That's what I keep thinking as I watch him try to get after the quarterback every play. Yeah, and not only is Fletcher Cox not making plays, you look at the last month, and I know he was Defensive Player of the Month in the NFC for, for September. But, I mean, it's been a long time since he's made a big play. He had the two. We talk about, you know, how the season's falling apart. Fletcher Cox has been a huge part of that. Against the Redskins, he had that bad penalty where he nailed Kirk Cousins in the helmet in the red zone. Sure. Then he ripped, he ripped Matthew Staff, Stafford's helmet off, you know, uh, against the Lions. So we, we can point out all these examples of the past month where Wentz and Peterson have been a problem. And I agree, they're the head coach and the quarterback. They deserve more blame. But... This is why before they gave Fletcher Cox all that money, I said it th- doesn't make much sense to give a defensive tackle a ton, a ton of money because they just don't really – like in the rare example where someone impacts a game every week at defensive tackle, and that's you've seen with Fletcher Cox, he's disappearing for stretches. And after, <clears throat> after the, uh, the loss, I think <clears> – <throat> pardon me. After the loss to the Lions, I think it was, he said he has to be better. He has to you – know, he look, he's look in the mirror and say how he can be better. And he hasn't been better since then. I mean, you're right. If if we watch the, the tape, um, you know, against the Giants, would we would the coaches look and say, yeah, Fletcher Cox didn't make any mistakes, and maybe he forced Delay out the pocket a few times. Yeah, but he was not a difference maker yesterday. And if you give somebody the most guaranteed money on the entire team by far, he has to be a difference maker for you. And Fletcher Cox especially, is not a difference maker, especially going. I mean, all I heard all week from Eagle fans when I picked the Giants to win the game. And I finally got one right. Um, is that the Eagles' defensive line? And I heard it from Giants fans too, for that matter. Was how bad the Giants' offensive line is, and how the Eagles' defensive line is going to have their way with them. They're going to dom. Eli's not going to have time to get the ball to Beckham and, and Shepard because Cox and Curry and Barwin and Graham are going to be all over him. He got hit twice. Eli dropped back thirty-seven times, got hit twice, and one was from Destiny Vahale. Yeah, that's not going to work. That math is going to work. And to make it worse, Justin Pugh went out with a knee injury. He's yeah, ju- I think he's their best offensive yeah. lineman. Oh, far and away their best. Yeah, I mean, that that makes it even worse that you have this you know mediocre offensive line. I don't think it's awful, but it's mediocre at best. Their best <laughs> offensive lineman goes out, and they don't touch Eli. And, the, you know, you have the defense now. You have the offense. You have Wentz. You have Peterson. All these issues. Before we look ahead here at the second half of the season, but more specifically Sunday at home against Atlanta – let, let's each mention uh, something we thought positive yesterday because there, there were a couple things to take out. One, for me, I'll start as uh, Bryce Treggs. The thought I had watching that was what were they waiting for? Because 
although he didn't play every snap, although he's probably still limited, that speed is real. And he had 69 yards receiving yesterday. Nelson Aguilar, I, I saw this stat, I just I couldn't believe it, has not yet done that in the NFL. So there's something there they could use. Uh, and I think Bryce Treggs uh, obviously made an impression there. Elliot, uh, give me something you thought was positive after, uh, from Sunday. Uh, if, if there's anything, yeah, I'll give you two. I'll give you two things. No, just get uh, one. I gotta get one too. Don't be greedy. All right, fine. Then I'll go with one. I know you're probably not gonna go with. I think Carson Wentz showed expo- uh, so showed uh, good. Um, God, you go first. I can't think of the word. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna say, and this is this might surprise you. I thought the Eagles' offensive line played pretty well, going against a a good Giants defensive line, a, a, another line that spent billions of dollars. Um, they ran. They when they did run, they they averaged over four yards a carry running the ball with their running backs. I'm not counting the, those stupid plays by by Wentz, um, but they you know they ran effective other than the fourth and one. But that was again why I gave it to Sproles and Carson Wentz for the most part had pretty good time. A couple yeah, times flush, but yeah, I mean going against Pierre Paul and Vernon and Snacks Harrison in the middle, I thought the Eagles' offensive line, which I thought was going to be a problem, held up pretty well. I agree with that. I thought they did too. Elliot, yours? All right. I thought of the word. <laughs> Carson Wentz showed great poise yesterday. And this is, I thought, what he also showed against the Vikings and the Cowboys. And, you know, you talk about one of the benefits of falling behind, if there is any, so quickly is that Carson Wentz has shown he can lead the team back to a certain degree. And for a rookie going eight games into his career, there's not much that rattles him. Yesterday, he did have good protection. I, I agree with Mark on that. But you know, on the road, throw two interceptions, down 14 nothing, division rival. A lot of quarterbacks would fold in that situation. And Carson Wentz missed some throws later in the game. And he came up small in crunch time. But he's shown so far he doesn't let things snowball on him. And that's why the Eagles have been able to be so close in this game, in these games. Whereas last year, you look at, you know, some of these Eagles teams and, you know, Mark Sanchez, Sam Bradford, and things really snowballed on them quickly. That doesn't happen to Wentz. So even though they're losing – the fact that they're in these games and they're close, if you if Wentz can figure out a way to start winning, you know, half of them, this, you know, he's gonna end up being a very good quarterback. But he he's shown very good poise throughout the season and definitely yesterday. He did. No, I agree with that. I mean, I, I he really helped bring them back in that game and um was doing a lot of good things in the middle of that game to try to make up for going down early. All right, guys. Eagles Falcons Sunday at Lincoln Financial Field. If this season follows the pattern it has so far. They're going to go, go home, and they're going to win big against a team that looks pretty good in the Atlanta Falcons with a high-powered offense. My gut is telling me the Eagles are going to go home and win. They've been perfect at home. They've been a different team at home. They've been up and down but better at home. How do you guys feel? And it's early. It's only we're doing this podcast on a Monday morning. But I think this is the must-win. And people said that Cowboys must win, Giants must win. If they have any hopes of actually making the playoffs or being in the race this year, they have to win this before a trip to Seattle. Elliot, your thoughts on the game? I don't know what to pick. I feel like I've had a pretty good uh, my pulse on you know. I feel like they've I've been good this year with picking them. I mean, I think I'm five and three or something like that. So, but it's tough because I agree with you that they're a much better team at home. The Falcons are a better team than they than the Eagles are. But the Falcons also traditionally second half of the season don't play well, especially on the road. This feels like a game where. They were, if they were facing any other team, I would probably pick the Falcons to lose because it's like a classic Falcons start to let down moment. But I just can't pick the Eagles right now. They've shown that they can't win close games, so I don't think. I mean, there's I don't think they're going to blow the Falcons out, 
And if they blow the Falcons out, I'll be wrong. But if this game is close, I don't think the Eagles are going to pull it out. Um, so as of now, I would not pick the Eagles, but I think this is a, a winnable game for them. Mark, your thoughts? I think it might be a tie. <laughs> I think we're due for, for another tie. You know, like, so. No, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm with Elliot. I don't know. It's, uh, my head's got a million things going around. And I thought this could be a win. I, I agree with Elliot that the Falcons are a team that um, – through the, through history has jumped out early and then played poorly as it, but net, but they've been pretty good. This, this could be a different Falcons. Like Dan, maybe Dan Quinn's a different coach for him. It's that's got them. Their offense is pretty darn good. Now their Falcons defense is nothing to get excited about. Um, so it'll be interesting. And I, I think Atlanta's going to score. I, I'll be surprised if the Eagles defense, you know, shuts the Falcons down, but uh, you know, it, it <laughs> I need more time. I don't want to cop out on you, but I, I don't. I don't know. I like to think the Eagles would would win at home, but I don't know. <laughs> Atlanta's also three. Atlanta's been pretty good on the road this year, by the way. They're I think they're three and one, and their only losses in Seattle on that controversial pass interference call. That's a good point. And they get to, they get almost a mini buy because they played on Thursday night this past Thursday. week, yep. which the schedule makers obviously did no favors to the Eagles with that. On top of all the teams they played off a of buy, so. Uh, Eagles Falcons back at home Sunday. The Eagles are at four and four. Second half of their season opens up, and uh, we will get a feel if they're going to turn things around or if this really is going to go spiraling out of control. It's going to be a big week for Doug, probably a tough week for Doug. Guys, we'll catch up next week after the game, and uh, we'll probably have a whole bunch of new things to yell and scream about. Elliot, as always, thanks for doing this. Yep, talk to you soon. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, Joe. And thanks to all of you for listening to episode 53 of the No Huddle Show, our Philadelphia Eagles podcast right here on NJ.com. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can subscribe and leave us a rating on iTunes. It helps the show grow. We'll be back next week.